0: Hey guys, Finn Hathrell here, Venture Partner at BVP, and this is the debut episode of The Irish VC. In today's episode, we speak with Gard Flower, the CEO and founder of Wayleader. But before we get into that, here is a quick update of all the latest Irish tech news. Horizon Quantum Computing, an Irish-founded, but Singapore-based firm, has raised $18 million from backers that include Sequoia and Tencent. Founded by Dr. Joe Fitzsimmons in 2018, Horizon is focused on building software development tools to unlock the potential of quantum computing hardware. Dogpatch Labs has been confirmed as the winners of a €5 million five-year contract to run the state's business angel network. The Dublin-based Startup Hub was awarded the contract ahead of the incumbent further, which had run the Halo Business Angel Network since its inception in 2007. A joint initiative of Enterprise Ireland and Interstate Ireland, the network was founded to develop business angel activity and angel syndicates locally. Galway-based medtech company BlueDrop has raised €10.5 million in funding with the company, planning to create 25 new jobs on the back of the investment. The financing is to be used to complete clinical trials and initiate product commercialisation. Additionally, it will enable Blue Drop Medical to expand its production capacity alongside its product development and commercial teams. The new funding, which brings total investment to date of €16 million, was co-led by Atlantic Bridge and Elkstone. Other investors include the European Innovation Council Fund, Further VC, Western Development Commission and HBAN's Medtech. Angel's invests a record-breaking €33 million in Irish startups. Angel investors associated with HBAN have invested €177 million in more than 730 companies since it was founded in 2007. In its annual report the organization said a record 33 million was raised by investors in 78 companies in 2022. HT Materials Sciences secures 50 million dollars in funding from Aramco Ventures, Barclays and others. The Irish startup HT Materials Science has secured 50 million dollars in backing from investors that include Aramco Ventures and Barclays to continue developing a product that cuts buildings energy bills. HTMS has developed a fluid, Maxwell, that cuts energy use in commercial buildings, heating, ventilation and air conditioning systems, helping to tackle key problems in reducing their cost and carbon emissions. Enterprise Ireland invests nearly 500 million euro into VC funds. Enterprise Ireland has invested 479 million into 32 different VC funds over the last decade to support early stage Irish companies with £361 million being drawn down to date. Irish Marine firm secures record €17.5 million Euro in EU investment for novel and warring technology. Technology from Ideas, an Irish company that has developed a novel and warring technology, has been awarded a record €17.5 million Euro in EU funding. Dogpatch announces a new sustainability-focused accelerator. Kerry Group, Coilture and DSB are partnering with Dogpatch Labs and the government on a new programme for startups working on sustainability innovation. The 2050 Accelerator aims to bring industry together and top Irish and international startups to work on practical pilot projects to help them to rapidly scale their impact with access to Ireland's national sustainability infrastructure assets such as wind farm, dairy farms and forestry. Forest Capital launches 50 million euro search fund in Ireland. Forest Capital has announced Ireland's first search fund with the capacity to acquire a single company valued at up to 50 million euro. Founded by Sam Bartran, forces back by a prominent group of investors that include Sean Mitchell, Frank Kennedy, and Paul OKD. Irish no-code payment platform When Then is acquired. Mango Pay acquires the Irish firm and move that values it at more than $1 billion. The Luxembourg Payment Company has become a tech unicorn on the back of two deals, one of which involves the acquisition of Irish startup when then. And that is all your tech news. Here is the interview with Garth Flower.
1: Welcome to the Irish VC podcast, where today I'm joined by our very first guest on the pod, Gareth Flower, founder and CEO of Wayleader, an Irish-founded, New York-based parking management software business. Gareth is also the co-founder of Park P&P, Magnate 100, and a co-founder of Crust Bakery. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of the business, Gareth, tell me who is Gareth Flower?
2: Thanks for having me on, Ashley. I suppose you've done such a good job there. I don't think I could top that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Gareth Flower, I suppose, is uh, a Longford man uh, who grew up in the Midlands of Ireland uh, to two entrepreneurial parents. Uh, very fortunate and privileged to have grown up with parents who fed me a belief that anything is possible. Um, it, really, it really is inspiring to see my parents uh, set up a fruit juice business early, early on. And yeah. I'll never forget the uh, the days where I'm sitting on a pallet um, back, you know, back when I was, I don't know, five or, or six or something like that. A young and, one. <laughs> yeah. Sitting on a pallet of fruit juice. And and what I was doing is I was actually stealing the bottles out of the pallet. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm helping their business. I'm helping them increase sales.
1: <laughs> Just because you thought it was out the door, off out the shelves. The door. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so I've been very fortunate um, to to have that growing up and and a brilliant family, um, and so that support really helped me throughout my career. Um, but going growing up, I uh, moved to Dublin. I went to Dublin Business School to study accountancy and finance. Um, in college, I actually. You know the the entrepreneurial flair didn't go away. Um,
1: mm-hmm. and it never does people, when it's in the blood you know, like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I suppose um, I decided that although I had you know my jobs and and college, um, I would start trying to make some money on the side. And so what I started to do was um, invite people over to my apartment in Temple Bar for free food and free drink for ten euros. And uh, I called it's it pretty E-step. good deal. Yeah, I call it e 7 It was a lot of fun. We, we had a basically 40 people max occupancy. Uh, my neighbors hated me until I started paying them. And uh, and it was a great deal. We, we would buy everything from Aldi. And uh, I I did a deal with a local nightclub where everyone would get in for free instead of paying 10, 10 euros. So for 10 euros into my place, you could pre-drink for free with food and then get into the club. For 10 quid and so it was booked out for basically 2 years uh oh. it was a lot of fun uh, at that time I got to meet um a guy who showed up at one of my parties was was Devin Hughes uh Oh
1: by me yeah
2: by me yeah and so I was fortunate enough to to become friends uh with him and then we kind of started this entrepreneurial journey together and we we started putting our heads together and how could we create a business after college Mm-hmm. and um we actually tried three different businesses then post-college uh, none of which worked well that's the
1: standard startup way isn't it what do they say 90 percent of startups fail so you're already or you were 30 percent there
2: yeah it's probably more it's probably more honestly but but yeah we we're we i, I think it's probably higher at that age as well right oh, yeah um
1: you don't know the world yet. You don't know the problems that need to be solved. You just, you spot a gap and you're like, oh, I could do that. I could fix that.
2: Exactly, exactly. And that's like, no one teaches you how to do that. But we we went about it and tried to create, Um, you know, we had some seriously ambitious goals. We tried to cre- create Ireland's first solar uh, farm.
1: Wow. Uh, in, and what in, year was this in?
2: 2011. Okay, so
1: far, uh, well before yeah, the kind of explosion of, of solar panels. 20 yeah, 10,
2: 20, wow. 2010. It was before LED lights, um, because that's what we did next, and we were one of the first to the market bringing American LED lights. Um, mm-hmm. But they were so expensive. This was before the influx of Chinese LED mm-hmm. lighting. But it just made total sense. It was 80% savings. And, of course, what else happened in 2008, but the global financial recession, which didn't help our sales um and so we 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 had to keep working and around that time I um joined my old college actually um uh, in in a in a role helping students international students uh come into the college and during that time I my entrepreneurial bug hit me again and I thought well shouldn't there be an entrepreneur's society inside of DBS and so
1: And there was none at this stage, was there, there when you joined? Yeah,
2: if you can imagine, like entrepreneurship has this cool vibe nowadays, but Mm. I mean...
1: Didn't exist, though, back 10, 15 years ago.
2: Right, and it was actually very discouraged just just 12 years ago. It was very discouraged. And like, I still remember my own mom saying, why would you want this pain? (laughs)
1: She's like, look what it's done to
2: us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it is, it's it's painful. I mean, entrepreneurship is is... You have to like pain. It's really, really tough, uh, but it's something I couldn't stop myself from doing. And and I started an entrepreneurs society, and I sent out a blanket email. I was very proud of myself. I created this big presentation, and I sent sent an email around to the entire college, and I got one response.
1: Oh my <laughs> so, god! <laughs> so
2: it was like, does anyone want to join uh, this entrepreneurs society? And one one person responded and his name was rob kramer an austrian bodybuilder um and uh he showed up i i said to him okay let's go for a drink and discuss it and he showed up and he was this big austrian guy you know huge muscles and of course
1: arnold schwarzenegger vibes
2: (laughs) yeah but he brought this basket of pastry so i thought it was such a such a, a dichotomy of things we we and and these pastries i was like i tasted them and they were fantastic there was coconut pastries strawberry pastries uh chocolate and and raisin pastries and i said rob these are amazing like and he's like yes yeah, so i bake these you know and uh, real arnold schwarzenegger baker baker uh baker voice and uh and i said to him we should start selling these to coffee shops around dublin you know and uh there therein started my next business venture uh,
1: with, that with, with crust I was wondering where this was going
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: incredible and that's where the idea started wow yeah
2: that's where the. what idea do you think
1: would have happened had more people respond to the email you never know
2: you never know you never know well, the world I believe everything happens for a reason yeah. and I, I think it was supposed I was supposed to get just one applicant and I think I was supposed to meet Rob and uh, mm. this was supposed to happen so I do believe that. Um,
1: that's a that's an amazing story. I'd never. Yeah. I honestly, I'd heard of Cross Bakery, but I hadn't heard of that origin story. It's great.
2: No, not many people know the the story. All, all in all, it's a it's a really interesting story. Um, you know, we 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 scaled really quickly actually, and we started um, we started. So Rob would bake the the pastries in my apartment, and I would literally go door to door in coffee shops with a basket of pastries and, and greaseproof paper on top. And sell these pastries to coffee shop owners on the weekends, and, oh. and um, after three weekends, we had thirty coffee shops signed up and buying. And we oh. quickly realized that Rob couldn't bake at mass as scale fast as they
1: needed it. And, yeah,
2: yeah, and so we ended up probably not making any money on that. I remember jumping up and down at the first sale, and we made two euro, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, and uh, and so we hired a, a commercial baker in Cork. And that's when we started to, to get real production going. And overall, over time, we ended up uh, selling into supermarkets directly. So Joyce's in Galway, um, we had uh, super values direct um as well, and then we had some independent stores as well, like Morton's of Ranla, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so we used all of this traction to uh to to write an email one day to the second largest bakery in Europe called Backshop Teef Cool. And we sent them an email and said we're the fastest-growing bakery brand in Ireland and the UK. Uh, would you be interested in supplying us your range of products? And so they responded saying we'll meet you in Dublin next Thursday to discuss. And so that sounds and Rob, promising. Yeah. And so myself and Rob had, you know, obviously bigged it up a little bit more than it was, trying to get the the agreement. And so we rented a, a hotel room and a boardroom in the Westbury hotel with all our savings and uh, put the sales director of this multi-billion dollar company up for the, for the night <laughs> in Dublin. And then I asked my dad to come in and just sit in the room and be the gray hair. Cause like we, we were <laughs> the 20. The suit
1: and the gray hair yeah, with a pen looking in, serious.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're all in suits and gray hair. And, and there, you know, and, uh, and a beautiful man called, called Andreas came in, and we presented him the plan, and uh, and he said okay, and uh, like I don't know, he said okay after a few beers in Temple bar that night, but he signed the agreement to give us exclusive distribution to mm. Ireland and the UK for, for two years. We ended up becoming the third biggest exporter. Uh, country um by because Incredible. we were the, the the biggest supplier of donuts in ireland in 2015 uh we supplied Tesco's all across the country uh we supplied super values from from dingle all the way to to, to Donegal up, yeah <laughs> to Donegal and um all across Northern Ireland as well we branched into the UK as well um and so it was it was a magic story and we decided then to use some of the money to set up coffee shops we created three coffee shops, one on Angel Street, which is now Dublin Pizza Company. We, we oh, sold the yeah. Dublin Pizza Company. We, have, we, have, we had one on Georgia Street across from Pit Bros, um, which is our biggest site, 44 seats. And then we had one in Kildare Street with inside the government department of enterprise. And it was a fantastic business. We, we grew at 24 uh, or 25, I had 50 employees. It was mental, uh, busy. <laughs> Uh, we, you know, multi million, uh, euro business Uh, with only
1: 25 to 30 people as well. That's huge.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was 50 50 people and 25 years old. Uh, we were, it was sort of manic. And we then started a catering arm to the business. Um, and it just all grew very fast. And what we realized over time, we love technology, Rob and I. And so we started to integrate the bakery into technology. And um, we were one of the first uh, food food stores in the country to take an iPad till back before tills were charging like 300 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And we brought this iPad till and started to use different apps on it and connect all the lights and the bakery equipment to the um, to the phones. We accepted Bitcoin uh, in 2015. No way. Yeah, we actually had 10 grand of Bitcoin back in 2015. We have a picture with the Central Bank of Ireland director uh, in t- using his his Bitcoin. His
1: Bitcoin paying for his, yeah. his donuts.
2: <laughs> it was it was crazy. We had Enda Kenny come into the to the bakery to launch a, a small business uh, uh, initiative. Uh, it was a, it was a fun time, but w- what we realized was that we were working seven days a week, twenty hour days, getting us no mm. getting burnt out. And every food business owner will know. Listening to this, mm. it's the hardest job in the world. You literally have to put on a brave face to all your customers and then you got to go fix a toilet.
1: Yeah, you got to do. Yeah, there's so many hats you're wearing at one time.
2: Yeah, so we burnt out. We got extremely burnt out, realized this isn't the future we want. We, mm-hmm. we decided to exit the business, um, I think back in 2018 now. And, you know, like it's, it's unfortunate COVID hit after that for the new owners, but, you know. You got it out
1: at a very good time then. You, you weren't was, hit with that.
2: I think, I think at the end of the day, um, everything, everything happens for a reason. And Mm -hmm. like, it wasn't easy, you know, it was, it was a tough learning, but I think it was the best master's uh, degree I I could have asked for. They say
1: that sometimes you don't need an MBA. You just need to start a startup. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was really tough. And I think like, you know, for, for anyone listening Uh, businesses uh, you you know if you knew what you knew after before you'd never do it
1: you'd never do it no like absolutely not too much hard work
2: (laughs) exactly but that uh, that led me to um, actually only a couple of weeks after leaving crust I was driving around Dublin and I couldn't find a parking space and I said to my to my uh, girlfriend now wife I said this is a nightmare like why did I buy this car Um, it's you know, it makes no sense. I should have just got the Lewis uh, driving through Ranlar for 20 minutes trying to find a parking mm-hmm. space. And I thought there must be a better way. And why are people driving around looking for spaces when I can put a thousand spaces in in my pocket, right? Mm-hmm. In a mobile phone. That That's the, the phrase that hit me. And I created parkpnp.com, which was the uh, still is today the largest marketplace of parking in Ireland with over 150,000 users. Um. We work with like Q Park and Park Bright and a few big car parks as well. Basically, we allow people to find spaces on their mobile phone or mm-hmm. rent out their driveways for, for uh for extra income.
1: And that's still going park B.
2: It's still going, yeah. It's it we we started that business as a B2C business and for a year, about a year and a half, two years. We continue to grow it. But what we started to realize as we branched out into other countries, it was never supposed to be Ireland only. It needs mm-hmm. a business like that, a marketplace needs volume. It needs a lot of people. Yeah. And the one thing fortunately, about Ireland is we are not a lot of people. And no. um, you know, the so market is to too small out. if
1: you really want to to make a good uh, a good business out of it.
2: For for consumer businesses, definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, B2B is a different story. You can you can charge higher, but for B to C, you need fractions of, of, of transactions and therefore you need volume. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, we, you know, we couldn't get that. So we ex- expanded into Netherlands and Belgium. And what we found there was extremely difficult cultural challenges to launch in different countries with, you know, three or four different languages in the country mm-hmm. alone. Um, you ask, you might ask, why not the UK? The UK, our biggest competitor, had just raised ten million pounds. Right. And so you're trying to avoid that market then. Right. And every investor we spoke to in the UK wouldn't look at us because they were backing this mm-hmm. this English uh, competitor. Um. And then we went to the to look at the US, and then the US competitor raised fifty million. Oh, wow. And so. <laughs> so you're just US a small competitor.
1: fry in Ireland, saying, "Where do we go?". Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So where do we go? So we ended up raising uh, uh, some, some investment from um, from Irish VCs and we started to scale the business in, in Ireland and we became the number one in Ireland. What we realized quite quickly was that we needed a more uh, higher margin, more profitable solution. One day we got a phone call from Novartis Pharmaceutical um, in Dublin mm-hmm. and they said, hey, we need more parking spaces. And um, could you help us find more spaces? So we went out to the local area and we we started to find all of the space. And when we drove in, I actually drove in with the contract to get it signed off. And I drove into their building and it was empty. There was no cars there. I thought you were
1: going to say, and you couldn't find a car parking space. That would have been beautiful.
2: (laughs) No, it's the complete opposite. And I just said to them, listen, guys, I'm probably shooting myself in the foot here, but why do you need this, <laughs> you know? Mm. And thankfully the answer created a much more successful opportunity for, for, for us. And we created Wayleader, which is a B2B SaaS platform that helps companies rotate the use of space. And that's what we started to do. So, so senior management in Novartis uh, had had uh, their parking spaces, but they were out at meetings, out sicker on holidays. And so they weren't able to release those spaces to everyone else easily enough. Mm-hmm. And so WayLeader was able to do that, and uh, we created the software platform to do that. Started as a B two B SaaS plat, started a B two B SaaS platform then, and mm-hmm. started to scale to where we are today. And we've over the over three years, we became the number one parking management software globally on wow. Gpter and SourceForge. We're in twenty six countries. Um, we're and
1: counting. With-
2: yeah, and counting. I think we got our <laughs> 27th uh last week, which was Taiwan, which oh, is oh wow,
1: happy. congratulations.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're working with the likes of Uber, uh, eBay, um, Sanofi, Novartis, et etc., um, and the list goes on. Um, we improved over a million journeys last year, and what we well, and we're just getting started, right? So so what oh. we found was that um literally a year ago. A lot of our clients started asking us to build all these other solutions. So carpooling. So mm-hmm. helping people go to and from the office more effectively with their pals. So now we have a carpooling solution we call waypooling. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Helping EV charging, right? So EV chargers, there's 1% of EV chargers. We uh, 1% of spaces we manage today are EV chargers. Mm-hmm but yet 11% of cars bought last year were EVs. Were electric,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, it's growing as well. Obviously with the climate crisis, everyone is either moving to a hybrid model or fully electric. And you're just seeing, as you said, companies freaking out and even public infrastructure thinking, okay, how do we keep up with the demand now for this?
2: Right, and and like, why wouldn't you buy an EV car now today, mm. right? And I think the EV infrastructure is the the remaining domino. And I think what companies are trying to do is maximize the use and efficiency of mm-hmm. the chargers. And so a charger is not a parking spot, right? It, it, it has to be used more quickly. And mm-hmm. so Wayleader has ways in its solution to maximize the utilization of those spaces by adding a little bit of social pressure. Let's say, Aisling, you're you're leaving your car there all day. Today, you get away with it. Yeah. Wayleader... I'll book in to say, I'm next. You'll get a ping to say one person is waiting. Then the next, you'll get two people, three people are waiting. So you have a queue
1: building up behind you in your mind and on your app and saying, oh, I better move this car.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll also uh, send you the next available space. So we'll tell you there's another space around the corner. There's three people waiting. And if you get past X point, you may be charged extra. So you're not fair enough. Bang, I got to move my car, right? And so that's really uh, important for companies today. And then other things we're doing as well. It's like mapping digital access to buildings, allowing companies to share spaces with each other. And what mm-hmm. what we've really decided uh, now, in it, when we look back and look out and and at everything,
1: eye like, view, kind of.
2: Yeah, it's that we're really in this arrival, this bigger arrival space. And so you know. We're constantly talking to other companies and investors, et cetera, about what WayLeader is. And I think WayLeader is becoming fast becoming an arrival technology
1: platform. Um, mm, I was going to ask you that because I was like, in layman's terms, I saw it coming up in a lot of different articles around right. what that actually is. And I was going to chat GTP it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll let him explain.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, you should chat GPT everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, arrival technology, and when you think about it, the evolution of this journey that we've been on the last twenty years—it all started with Google and Apple Maps, with mm-hmm. the, the navigation systems, right? Actually, it started in the 1930s with the Iteravto, which is the first.
1: Oh yeah, I remember hearing about and, that? Yeah.
2: And uh, but Google and Apple Maps developed the first one through the te- technological revolution, and they perfected it. Then came Uber and Lyft and they perfected leaving Mm -hmm. and they save you time and guesswork when you're leaving anywhere. But in the whole journey, there's still a huge opening in this, this arrival space. Mm -hmm. When you arrive anywhere today, it sucks. There's guesswork. You don't know where you're going. You Mm -hmm. don't know how to access the building. You don't know if you've got a desk, you know, we do desk booking as well now as well. So, so it's this whole, End to end journey, making it seamless, removing the guesswork. And we believe Wayleader solves that piece to make arriving easier. And so, you know, that's really helped us to scale um, even more so over the last six to 12 months. We've yeah. been. Post-COVID.
1: I was just going to ask you about post COVID and this, the changes really in our culture now. Like, like, some people returning to work, some still working remotely, the kind of flexibility of hybrid working as well. Like, has that Kind of helped your business? Has it hindered it?
2: So I believe Wayleader is a recession proof business. Um, you know, during the the boom times, companies care about experience and we give them a world-class seamless experience for their employees. We help them maximize the use of space and save time. And everybody wants to save time. And our mission is to save lifetimes of time for these companies, and we do that. Um, we have some use cases where we save three and a half days of productivity for big manufacturers.
1: Wow! Perfect. Imagine right. how much money that is. Got exactly. all up, yeah.
2: Exactly, and so, and so the it, that's during the boom times. We we save time and improve experience, and during the down times, we have cost control. and We help generate revenue. So, you know, I think like and it's really important for um for Wayleader right now a really important time because there's also this mix of companies pushing people back to the office to return mm. to the office. And so they're looking for making that whole transition easier. And one of the big pain points that, that existed before was parking and reducing the commute time. So we can offer things like, okay, well, here if you way pool with your friends, you get a guaranteed space every time. Mm-hmm. So now I can encourage uh, to go back to the office, but everyone gets a space. Or maybe we use our algorithm, which we've developed over the last six years, to make the most equitable approach to going back to the office so everyone when they do come back they get a space or when they get uh, if they're going back Tuesday Wednesday Thursday only they get prioritization on those days Mm. and so there's many different things that we take into account at Wayleader to help that transition go back to the office
1: and it's all customizable right by the by the user not just by the say employee or yeah
2: exactly by the company and the admin it's all very flexible, and the platform is is, is really customizable. It, it, it's, it's interesting as well for companies that don't go back to the office and don't push back to the office. One of our biggest clients to date doesn't use us for parking. It just uses us for utilization tracking across their portfolio. So right. we can actually show them which assets are performing and which assets are not performing. So they may decide to cut down on their offices over time. Mm-hmm. And they're using Wayleader to do to do that with their utilization uh, reporting.
1: So it's like, yeah, asset optimization, especially now as we, as you say, the flexible working and there's certain offices being used predominantly Tuesday to Thursday, and then the lights are still on, electric electricity is still pumping all right. week, yeah.
2: And 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 actually, like the, the last piece is the one I'm most excited about, which is the sharing. Mm. Of facilities, so I believe we're moving into this automation, uh, mm. automation. shared
1: ecosystem, and shared assets. Right. Everything really.
2: If if you like, you know, the office you're in today might be used by someone else tomorrow, and why mm. not the parking space? Why not your desk, etc. And so. A lot of landlords are using Wayleader and saying, hey, we're not getting much utilization, but we know the company next door wants more space. Mm. Can we link in with Wayleader and allow to share the space and create digital access and do that sharing? So then company A is able to open the space up for company B and company B pays on a daily rate for that uh, uh, capability. Mm. And so they're allowing the sharing of spaces for the first time and that's really valuable
1: yeah and And especially when we think about all the the vacant offices around cities probably worldwide and they could be used then for other purposes whether it's recreational whether it's housing yeah you're just kind of you're optimizing all spaces
2: right right really interesting that's the future
1: that's the future. Um, looking back on the past, um, like were there big milestones with, with way and even beforehand that you've kind of ticked off along the way from starting pmp to, I know that, um, it was really like you landed 10, was it 10 fortune 500 companies as, as customers? Right. It's huge. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's been, there's been <laughs> many, many milestones, um, throughout the journey. I think, you know, the first, uh, the first customer was, was honest, a big one. Um, the first person who listed their, their space on park and I remember going and giving the keys of a car park to someone in a car, in a car park thinking, what am I getting myself into here? <laughs> you know? and, I say, uh, you didn't,
1: you tell, you didn't tell your parents that story until months later.
2: <laughs> no, no. And I mean, you know, and, and, uh, hiring our first employee, um, hiring, you know, hiring has been a fantastic experience and just bringing Mm -hmm. in such a great, great group of people who impress every day. Um, you know, but the major milestones would be, you know, hiring a great team, finding the right partners to who back way leaders vision, um, you know, BVP has been one in Ireland, a a champion of ours, um, for, for years now. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, enterprise ireland of course fantastic mm-hmm. support um very privileged to be to be brought up in ireland and have a, a fantastic uh, foundation to help us scale not many people are are, are as lucky
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and so i think you know the, the milestones i i see milestones as uh, I'm probably the worst person to ask about milestones because I'm too stop, humble <laughs> I don't stop to I don't stop to celebrate too often uh, I kind of sign of a good
1: entrepreneur up. you're focused on the future not the past <laughs> yeah
2: yeah I'm honestly I don't I don't look back too quickly I'm I'm very focused on like five to ten years ahead and how do we get there quicker yeah
1: um, <laughs> and on that actually and um, the the way you you talked about Ireland and you know you went to school here you went to University here you you found your first idea here um what possessed you to move across the pond and build, uh, build out in New York?
2: Yeah, great question. So, I mean, New York is, America is where our business is at. And mm-hmm. so every, every great uh, entrepreneur that, that I've read about follows their, their customers. And, mm-hmm. you know, our strategy to date has been to go after the biggest companies in the world and get them to trust in Wayleader. And I'm very thankful that we're starting to do that. And we're still a small company. We're 33 people now. Um, I've been here a few years now in New York. Um, but, you know, we we have a long future ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to be where your customers are is is the first answer. Um, it's also a big, you know, t- this journey is a long journey and it's going to need more capital to to achieve these big ambitions. Mm-hmm. And America has the, the biggest financial economy for backing startups so you know you go also where the money is right mm, it's and so, kind of
1: a no-brainer then you've got your customers and the money it's like you got to move there then
2: yeah i respect a, a ton of irish entrepreneurs who stay in ireland i think you can build a great business from ireland but i think every business is different and painting mm. them all with the same brush is uh, is is not a good idea and mm-hmm. you know, this also goes for the flexible policies not every company can do you know, work from home. Not every mm-hmm. company can do three days or one day a week in the office, you know, like think of, I think it's unfair to plaster everyone, every company with the same brush and mm-hmm. say, everyone, you know,
1: everyone should be doing four day weeks or on
2: them for not giving yeah. people remote work only, you know, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think we have, we're getting to a stage where, um, you know, leaders in companies use different uh, strategies to attract the best talent and to perform on a business level and for Wayleader being present in the U.S. is super important for our strategy and for our success as a business and I think we're, we're seeing that uh, mm. result happen um, which is great um, but okay. we also have a, a, a big office in Dublin very happy with the team in Dublin they're always uh, outperforming and um, you should pop in sometime
1: yeah, absolutely. I will. I could take you up on that offer. Um and actually on that like you're based in in New York. I see the great um the the skyline behind you there. But then you're saying here you have an office in Dublin. Like how yeah. do you and I, I was looking through the couple of, of tweets that you put out even around culture and about like self-improvement and about team morale and being how you inspire as a leader. Like how do you find that being based in New York but ha- having to also manage a team here in dublin
2: so great you touched on culture um i'm a big proponent on culture and like my my first real business was crust bakery and i had to hire people quickly train them up quickly as you can Mm -hmm. imagine hospitality is quick turnover yeah really i had to narrow in on what type of person i want to be in this in this business very quickly because you Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of time everything moves super fast and so the thing i honed in on is you have to get to the values like what values do does this person hold and are they mm-hmm. similar to the values I want to be in the business and so every business i believe needs to have values that are authentic to the leadership
1: mm-hmm. and so
2: you know authentic to me is self improvement i wasn't great in school you know i was a bit of a messer um I, you know uh a bit disorganized if i'm honest and you know i'm always trying to self improve mm-hmm. um and you'll see over my career and my journey, and hopefully everyone you talk to about Gareth will hopefully say the same message in that I'm always listening to what people are saying and trying to improve myself. Mm. Um, and and that's, being
1: authentic, like you just said there, you're not, you, you're not perfect, you don't know it all and you're open to learning, which is, it's refreshing really in an entrepreneur.
2: I, I honestly think that's like that, if, if you know it all already, you're in trouble. But like from my point of view, um self improvement has really stuck to me and i look for that as a core value in everyone i i bring on the team as well other traits for for flexible working is so important like ownership
1: mm-hmm. so
2: we live in a, an economy right now which is moving so fast and i believe our lead, my leadership style and the company value of ownership is super important for bringing the right people in we're not going to micromanage anyone mm-hmm. right if you want to work from home today no problem right that's no problem but you should feel here in your chest if you're behind you should mm. feel here in your chest if you're not doing it right or else we've made the wrong decision and wrong so, higher
1: or the wrong right, decision yeah yeah
2: you don't feel it i know every like people listening will get that if you don't feel it right there in your chest
1: the guilt that, the anxiety yeah
2: you, know, <laughs> you, you, you don't own it and then you know, people who make excuses, that's a big, big red flag for me. And mm-hmm. you know, put I put my hand up every day. I don't know the answers to everything. I get it wrong a lot, a lot of times. So, you know, but at the same time, I'm trying to improve. I will, I will go out there and say, sorry, if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone in my team has that capability to do that. Um, and ownership is super important when you allow people the freedom to work from home or work from anywhere. We have our office in Dublin, our office in New York, where you can come in and meet your colleagues. We encourage it. We give free lunch for if you come in and hang out, Mm -hmm. right? Because it creates that spontaneity and connection
1: and it boosts morale. I know, you know, not everyone has to be in the office all the time, but it is important to build connections because we're human at the end of the day. We weren't supposed to be staring at a screen like robots for the entire day.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think you, you have to understand as well, though, it's like, you know, allowing um zoom calls and remote you know i find people are way more productive mm. um i i just find it's it's way more productive but what we also found was that we when we encouraged people to go back to the office but didn't make it strict they felt like they had the flexibility to do both mm. and we saw way more people come back to the office to actually meet each other in person and get and do two or three days uh, in the office yeah. together and so I think what people are doing is the ones who are staying away re- remote are trying to hold on to that and not allow uh, leadership to see another option. But I think if if everyone opens up with more flexibility and more ownership, I think they'll see dramatic mm-hmm. results, which which we are.
1: Right, Fingers crossed. Um, and have you learned <laughs> this from, like, are there particular mentors or even fellow entrepreneurs that you've looked up to or that have helped you along the way that has kind of helped you forge this way of thinking or is it just a lot of startup books
2: (laughs) yeah well there is definitely a ton of books um i i would recommend books and youtube interviews and you know watching successful entrepreneurs Uh, but i think the most productive and powerful uh advice i get is from entrepreneurs who are maybe one or two steps ahead of me Mm -hmm. and then uh, who who are around me and and even young startups who are and entrepreneurs who are coming up because they come up but they're hungry they mm, have this, they
1: have this passion energy.
2: yeah from 20 years to 25 years old you have this like unbreakable unstoppable energy which if you could bottle up it would be the best product you might
1: end up in a in a startup like crust
2: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and so i try and give myself a balance uh, of doses and um i don't like i don't i think you have to look for advisors and mentors across all of those spheres to give yourself a really good idea because the person who's you know a billionaire telling you you know advice is
1: how it should be done or if i had to they're
2: so far ahead of you that it's it's very difficult so they're talking in macro advice and it's not very practical sometimes Mm -hmm. and like the the entrepreneurs who are one or two steps ahead of you in 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 the journey, give you very practical. You know, I can text them and say, "Hey, I'm thinking of sending this NDA to an investor. Would you do that?" And they go, "Absolutely not. No, that's, no
1: way. Stay away from that. Yet. That's
2: a noob move, right?" Yeah. And, yeah, and this is the sort of stuff that that I find is is super helpful. Yeah. And they're I, not they're I, not
1: looking through is it rose tinted glasses at their right. their business ten years ago. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. And so I, I I, think I'm very fortunate to have good friends, uh, younger friends like Eric and Dara from Grafton Digital mm-hmm. uh, are very inspiring, doing a lot of things. at such a young age, like 22 and 23, I think. And they're, they have a team of, of, of people doing app and websites, um, uh, building, building. So it's, it's fantastic to see that growth. And um, mm-hmm. they just launched in the U.S., Uh, Devin Hughes from Buy Me has been Mm. my best pal for 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 12 years I know him well
1: I've done worked with him a lot yeah he's brilliant yeah
2: Yeah. and like you know uh, like it's 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 been great to share the journeys um over time highs and the lows right it's super important and then and you know in, in terms of the 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 mentors above I won't name any names but some fantastic mentors um, that I'm very fortunate to have, and some of our investors like BVP and Enterprise Ireland have again uh, sit and nod to them. They've been fantastic, Stephen and Elliot there um, mm-hmm. for helping us through tough times. That's
1: great, and um, I guess rather than looking back like what we did, the milestones. What does the future look like? I know um, I read an article there recently um, that you you had an interview with Adrian Weckler where you're talking about again expansion and growth and raising again, uh, following on from your investment last year, like what does that look like? What does 2023 and beyond look like?
2: You know, we have a very big vision for the future. And as an arrival technology now, things are opening up for us very quickly. Where we see the, co- the, the, the world going in the next five to 10 years, we believe that the onset of autonomous Vehicles is going to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate to meet the CEO of Uber for oh, wow. for, for for a session um, in in their HQ, um, and we got to talk a lot about this. And I also got to to meet senior members of a of a very well known autonomous brand uh, in in the US. And and I think what we believe is that there's going to be stages of of autonomous take place where you see very repetitive journeys mm-hmm. leaving and moving towards becoming autonomous. And so you got to think like buses, mm-hmm. buses share the exact same route every single day. Right.
1: Or the likes of trams, like the Lewis here in Dublin. Trams,
2: yeah. Right. Or, um, or parking. And so what we believe is that the world is fast moving towards this place where there will be moments that are, cause you strain today cause you pain cause you stress that will be eliminated when autonomous takes over mm-hmm. and so what we believe is that Wayleader will power this magic effect that when you get out of your car in the future whether it's at home or at the office that you will close the door and the car will go off by itself to park and it the will dream. create world's first virtual valet and we believe that this is possible in the next five to 10 years. And our core pillars of access, integration, mapping and payments um, are all in the solution today. And we're building the world's biggest network of closed space. And I think that's a very exciting um, vision for the future. And we're perfectly placed to to take advantage of that when it mm. does happen. Um, that's brilliant. So, so that's that's where we see it going
1: it's exciting exciting and exciting that you're growing not not just in Ireland but globally which is it's always impressive to and um a moment of pride really for Irish vendors to be seen on the global stage so yeah right. only the only way is up really for Wayleader. yeah
2: um, on a on a personal level I'm due my first baby flower in ah. uh, in this summer so also trying to figure out that business plan <laughs> how to be a
1: dad <laughs> yeah. again there's plenty of books out there on that too
2: <laughs> yeah, i think i need to read up on more it's it's like terrifying
1: <laughs> you'll be fine you'll manage both <laughs> and before we wrap up gareth um i again I, I did some research and i saw back in 2020 you you had a quote on advice um around it's about making the right choices each day and they all add up rather than like the, the big wins do you still believe in that mantra even with your team now as you grow
2: i absolutely do i think you're win your day win your morning win 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 overall and i think people sometimes get overwhelmed when they think about these big challenges like what we're trying to do is not small mm-hmm. and if you think about it too deeply, you actually will figure that it's too big for you to, to succeed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think of a startup journey as a mountain. Um, you're walking step by step and every day is a step. And so it might take you longer some days than it will others. Cause mm-hmm. you know, things are difficult. The air is tight. You might Weather's slip. Bad. You yeah your colleague will need to go back to camp and you'll go backwards before you go forwards, you know, and, but eventually you keep pushing and you get to the top of the mountain. And I think so many people, if they just had that mentality, they could Mm -hmm. achieve incredible
1: things. Step by step, you'll get there. Brilliant. Brilliant way to end it. Um, Well, huge thank you, Gareth, for joining us on the very first episode of the Irish VC. And um, good luck with everything with the new baby in the summer. And of course, with the future of Wayleader. And I'm excited to see where it goes from there.
2: Brilliant. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers.